0: Welcome to The Primal Pioneer, a no nonsense podcast teaching you how to rewild your life and heal your body using nature's medicine kit. I'm your host, Heather Shepard, classical homeopath, author of The Sunlight Rx, and alternative healer. For the past decade, I've been helping people overcome acute and chronic health disorders and brain injuries using a 100% natural approach. Enjoy this episode and subscribe to this podcast to stay informed about your body, your health, and how to lead the healthiest life possible, even amidst our crazy modern world. Hey everyone, welcome back. Today, I want to talk to you about circadian mismatch. And um, I'm gonna talk about this in a way that uh, some of you may be familiar with. So we're gonna start basic and what most people are aware of with regard to circadian mismatch and have a little review about that. Um, And then I am going to go into some other really root core causes of circadian mismatch that the uh, mitochondriac or biohacker world isn't quite as familiar with. So, um, and it's a really, really important aspect to health, healing, successful health and healing, and um, it's overlooked in the mitochondrial world. And we're going to get into that today um, as I get into the episode later in the episode. And this is an important topic because The state of your circadian biology really determines every, literally every single physiological process in your body. How it happens, when it happens, you know, for example, um, it signals when to release hormones, when to sleep, when to ovulate, when to bleed, menstrual, um, when to stop bleeding, menstrual, uh, when to eat, when to produce large amounts of energy, Uh, when to release melatonin, and, uh, you know, when to have a bowel movement, when to release more lymphocytes, uh, immune cells, and when to heal. I mean, and that's just a few examples, because literally every single part of your physiology is ruled by the state of your circadian biology. And... um, Basically, your circadian biology, and if you're new to this term, circadian biology simply means your internal clock, your physiological time clock. And the state of it really depends on um, your health. So throughout this episode, I'm gonna talk about causes of circadian mismatch what that means is quite literally when your body's internal clock system, when your physiological time clock is out of whack, right? Um, it's out of balance. It's not aligned with, you know, nature, your, uh, your environment, uh, your natural environment, I should say. And, um, I'm gonna get into this in this episode and I'm gonna get into the common causes as well as the lesser known causes. And the lesser known causes are actually the big hitters when it comes to the state of your circadian biology. So I'm gonna talk about how this impacts health and what you can do to support your circadian biology and help it out um, of a mismatched state if it is you know, in that place right now. I'll have to say most people are in somewhat of a state of circadian mismatch uh, today due to modern life, due to many things that we're exposed to in modern life. Um, So even if you think your circadian biology is on point, I encourage you to, maybe it is, you know, totally can be. Um, but uh, it's always a work in progress. I know with me, it's always a work in progress. And I'll get into this um, throughout the episode. Um, so I think you're in for for a um, a surprise or a, a quote unquote, enlightening um, you know, new insight around circadian biology. But before I get into the part of this episode, I want to take a minute to talk about. Something I created that is designed to help improve the state of your circadian biology. It's literally the main goal of this program, and this is the Sunlight Diet. And, you know, most diets today, whether it's keto, paleo, carnivore, et cetera, whatever it may be, um, these diets focus on one element of your circadian biology, which is food. And it doesn't even cover the whole gamut of of food with relation to your circadian biology. It doesn't even go there. Just basically says, eat this and that and you'll be better. And it's not, these diets that we're told to eat, these fad diets are not in sync with nature. They're not in sync with, hey, where do you live? If you live in Florida, you damn well should be eating something different than somebody who lives in Oregon or Toronto or, you know, So this is really important. Our diet choices really, really impact our circadian biology. And so um, our our fad diets and diet books leave out key players that need to be addressed when it comes to improving your circadian biology, and that is light. And um, the sunlight diet actually combines diet, it combines sunlight, it combines seasonal eating, Um, it combines indoor lighting practices, all of which help to improve the state of your circadian biology. And you can get a copy of the Sunlight Diet right now to start supporting your circadian biology in deeper ways. On my site, go to heathershepard.com, H-E-A-T-H-A-R-S-H-E-P-A-R-D com And go to the Ancestral Diets tab and you'll see the Sunlight Diet, check it out, read about it, and um, you can get your copy to start addressing all areas of your circadian biology, diet, light, indoor light environment, sunlight, etc. Okay, let's dive into today's topic, all about circadian biology and circadian mismatch. And... Um, So we've talked about here already today, how your circadian biology is your body's timekeeper. And that basically um, this timekeeper makes sure that every single aspect of your physiology runs as flawlessly as possible. So everything from, uh, it orchestrates everything from hormone release patterns to immune function to hunger and, satiation cycles to sleep wake cycles to the type of bacteria that reside in your gut how many people take a probiotic or go on some kind of gut healing diet um which i'm not you know trying to be an asshole here it's just i know these people who create these things are well-intentioned and likely have um you know reap some sort of benefit for their own personal healing and say hey put it out there right but we have to go deeper because the gut microbiome is fascinating and and i'm just all of these aspects i'm honing in on this area for a minute here but the gut microbiome literally is ruled by the state of your circadian biology by what kind of light you're exposed to by if you eat things that are in season in your area or if you eat things that are flown in and trucked in or trained in from God knows where, and um, your gut microbiome, think of the gut brain access, right? Everybody knows about this, how important it is, but what we don't yet grasp is that what really makes this work, why nature designed us to have this gut brain access is because the light that hits your eyes signals along this gut brain access to your gut. Hey, this it's this season, it's this time of day, release these bacteria, produce this bacteria. Oh wait, UV light, UVB light is gone for the year. So we have to shift up the gut bacteria. And the light that hits your eyes creates the bacteria that are in your gut in this way. It's fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating. And so when we take a probiotic or do a special gut healing diet, sure, it's well-intentioned, but it's not going to get to the root of the issue. And one root of all issues, literally all issues, one root, uh, especially for chronic conditions, is dysregulated circadian biology or what we know as circadian mismatch. So... um. Unfortunately, the modern world really makes every attempt to dysregulate your internal clock system. The medicines they want you to take, um, the jabs, their food guide pyramid, whatever the H that is, uh, their wireless technology, you know, um, doing things, a digital world, right? All of these things are maybe convenient and may help you be more productive in certain areas of your life however they totally mess with your circadian biology and this is the essence of your life the state of your circadian biology and so what they sell in grocery stores you know all all of these things that can throw your circadian biology off center. And when this happens, you enter a state of circadian mismatch. Don't even, you know, we we have to talk about the light environment that they encourage artificial light, um, artificial light at night, right? Um, uh, Looking at your screen 24 uh, seven, maybe people addicted to their devices, right? By the light and the programs and Um, everything they they build into the uh, technology today, right? All of these things, you are primed (laughs) to be in a state of circadian mismatch. And it's going to take work and effort, more effort to not do those things. It has to be a conscious choice not to do those things because it's so easy and all aspects of our life are set up to move us into a state of circadian mismatch and when we're in that state we're less healthy um, we have to rely on their system more or they they set that up for people think they do with regard to medication and work and so forth so I want to discuss the core factors today that can throw your circadian biology into a mismatch state. And I'm going to start with the more widely known um, areas, and then I'll get into the lesser known but highly influential factors. So, really, I think most of you know this, but there's always some maybe new listeners, and it always helps to hear things several times. I know for me at least, if I hear things several times, it sticks. And um, I I really do well with that personally. And, you know, who knows, maybe I'll explain it a little differently than you've heard, than I've said before, and you'll get some new insights or some new aha moments um, with regard to your circadian biology. So first of all, we have to understand how this internal clock system actually works, what makes it tick. And that is, as I mentioned, with regard to the sun and the gut microbiome is Number one, the eyes. Your eyes are key with regard to the state of your circadian biology and the type of light that you look at. And number two, the skin. The type of light that interacts with your skin helps your body understand your internal time clocks say, hey, this is what time it is, this is what time of day, this is what season, this is what kind of light's going on. And your skin can send signals to your brain to also um, help your body know what what time it is. And then the gut microbiome, number three, all of these parts of the body contain what's called gene clocks. And uh, these are molecules that tell your body what time it is. Or they simply, the the cells uh, in these areas of the body signal to your main circadian hub system, hey, this is what's going on. This is what time it is. Um, so, behind your retina, there is a secret world <laughs> containing major circadian biology regulating clocks. This is the PVN and the SCN, the paraventricular nucleus, and the supercosmetic nucleus. And when light enters your eye, boom, these circadian hubs register. The type of light, is it fake? Is it LED shit coming out out of your house, right? Or is it sunlight? It registers the type and the color temperature. Is it primarily red and blue? Is there UV light in, in the spectrum, right? How bright is the light? All of this, your body takes and creates metabolic signals, hormone signals, gut bacteria, um immune um signals all happen depending on the color temperature and the type of light that hits your eyes and your skin and this literally signals to the entire body it'll orchestrate what to do based off of this one single thing so guess what if you're wearing sunglasses another absolutely um ridiculous thing they taught us to do to put sunglasses on I never wore sunglasses even before I knew and literally anything about circadian biology um for one I grew up in upstate New York so who needs sunglasses there no one really um but then I moved out west and I moved to Arizona and everyone was like you're gonna need sunglasses here and I tried them on and I was like these make me feel sleepy. Like, I hate this. This makes me feel strange inside. <laughs> and I just literally never wore them. But what happens is, and I know I've said this many times, but when you put, and this even is true for if you wear glasses and get tinted lens, don't do that. Don't go for that option. They're going to say, oh, it protects against UV damage and blah, blah, blah. Horse crap. It What it does is, It suppresses your body's ability to pump out cortisol at the appropriate times of day, during the daytime, during daylight hours. And instead, it tricks your circadian biology, those clocks behind your retina, into thinking, hey, it's dark. It's nighttime. Stop releasing cortisol. Now flip over to melatonin. And this single thing, as benign as it may seem, can set the stage for chronic disease because it throws your entire system into a mismatched situation. So, um, sunglasses, I don't care how many pairs you have or how many hundreds of thousands of dollars you've spent on it. um, Really, I've worn sunglasses one time. This was when I was in Mexico and I I lost my blue blockers. I was like, I had like a week left in in Mexico before we were coming back to the states, and I was like, where in the f did I put my blue blockers? I have no idea. I must have left them at a restaurant. I must have, I left them somewhere, obviously. And I was like, what am I gonna do? Well, um, I don't really look at artificial light after dark anyway, but. Hey, you know, sometimes it's, you can't prevent it. You, I mean, you can't avoid it, right? So I went and bought a pair of sunglasses and wore them at night. This is literally that in downhill skiing, when you're literally going down the hill, um, only time you should wear sunglasses. So, um, So that's a huge, huge thing. If you wear sunglasses, just forget it. Stop wearing them. I highly encourage it, start a new trend because the only glasses we really should be wearing are, of course, if you need glasses and those are much better than contact lens. Contact lens, I have issues with for many reasons and maybe I'll do an entire episode dedicated to to that topic. But um, if you wear glasses, great, don't get them tinted. I know some people need them, like my wife, she's practically blind if she didn't have her glasses on you know, it she should not do anything. It would been be a disaster. And I know some people need glasses. So, um, I know when I first started to learn about circadian biology and light and the eyes and the importance here, um, I wore contact lens. And as soon as I began to learn about this, I threw away my contact lens and, um, I still haven't got glasses to this day. My prescription's low though. It's probably like a negative, maybe two or 1.75, something like that. So I could still use glasses, like they'd be helpful, right? But I don't wear them. I don't wear them. I don't drive with them. I, I never wear glasses. My vision is definitely not 20-20, but I can get away with not wearing them with that prescription. And my eyesight has actually improved as a result of doing so. And um, once you start your Sunlight RX practice, which I outline in the Sunlight Diet, or you can just buy the Sunlight RX ebook on my site. But once you start that, you will likely notice that, especially as many sunrises as you can see, by the afternoon, you'll be like, holy shit, I can see farther. Like, I that street sign is clearer to me. And of course, this is if you don't wear glasses or or something like that. But even if give yourself a little test on really bright days, my vision is exponentially better from when doing the sunlight RX. It's really, really amazing. So um so Uh, your body, your your circadian hubs, depending on the light you look at, it's going to say, hey, do this or that, right? Here's red and blue light at, at sunrise. Okay, pause melatonin release, right? Whenever blue light's present, melatonin release gets paused. This is why looking at a screen that isn't irised out in sleep mode, right? That's not red, is a really bad idea because the longer you look at a screen or in LED lights after sunset, the more longer you the more you prolong your melatonin release. And the more you prolong your melatonin release, then the less healing your body's able to achieve and do at night. And even though you may sleep, you don't heal as well, you don't sleep as soundly. Um, your cells don't get repaired in a, an optimal way as if you were to um, reduce your artificial light exposure after sunset. Now, sometimes in the sky, what do we have? We have red, blue, and UVA. This is going to send a whole different, hey, here's your light. Oh my God, your light going through your eyes is UVA is present. Okay, here comes the dopamine, serotonin, melatonin, T3, right? Nitric oxide, we're gonna balance blood pressure just from light. And then UVB comes in and it's a whole other thing. Oh, here's UVB. Now this is what is a key player for your gut microbiome. When UVB is present versus when it's not. When UVB is present, your gut microbiome will change. However, you have to get outside in sunlight in order for that change to happen. So this light you will produce, just by being in this light, UVB, your brain will signal to your gut, hey, produce more bacteria that can digest simple carbs. That's when they're available, in summertime, when UVB light's available. We don't need a probiotic, we need more sunlight. It's one of the biggest topics I'm passionate about because people like you know green banana powder I mean come on like that is not going to do anything for your gut microbiome but changing your light environment absolutely will. So. Let's see um. Where do I wanna go with this? Because I know you all have heard a lot of this before. So I wanna take a minute because we're, we're in the Northern hemisphere, we're getting ready for UVB. In fact, here, this is the most insane thing I have ever experienced in my life. I just moved recently back to New Mexico, had been living in Arizona, moved back to New Mexico, right? It's colder here it's a higher latitude, but the elevation is significantly higher. We're almost at 8,000 feet. 32 degrees outside yesterday. I'm outside, practically nude, starting my garden starts. Um, Sweating. <laughs> the UV index is a 7. 32 degrees, the UV index is a 7. I was like, you know, these I can I couldn't fathom that. But when I looked, I said, what is the UV index? How can I be, you know, sweating this much and getting a tan? And you know, so um <laughs> so the UV index or the, the amount of UVB available to you will depend not only on your latitude, but also on the elevation or the altitude that you're at as well. So um I want to spend just a minute here on UVB light because while we're predominantly, most people in the Northern Hemisphere, predominantly in UVA right now, we're moving to UVB. And, um, you know, some people are in it, like I'm in it, probably people in uh, Arizona, anybody south of that definitely are going to be in UVB right now. But what happens is when your eyes detect that UVB is available, and literally, you don't, obviously... You don't have to stare right at the sun. It's impossible when UVB is out. You can't look at the sun. You're going to be like, oh man, you're going to squint. You're going to turn your head. No, you just have to be outside in that light. Okay. And literally all it takes is about 1% of that UVB spectrum to enter the eye to cause these signals, to propel these signals. So when your body's outside, UVB is there, it says, okay pump out more cortisol, produce more ATP energy. um, And the more cortisol that's in your bloodstream, I think you all know this by now, but the less apt you are to burn in that UVB light and the better your carbohydrate metabolism is going to be, the more regulated your blood pressure is going to be, the more regulated your blood sugar is going to be if you are in this light. So, um. When UVB shows up, the all of these aspects of your health get regulated, and you pump out more energy, and your body's able to handle more healthy. I'm not talking about processed and packaged or like simple cane uh, uh, corn syrup. I'm talking about you know real natural sugars, maybe raw honey, maple syrup, fruit. These kind of carbohydrates, your body's going to be able to digest them better. Why? Because when your light, that your eyes see that UVB light, signals to your gut, hey, okay, it's time pump out these bacteria now. Um, this is an, an ingenious setup by by nature. So, um. Let's see. Now, most people, as I mentioned, they wear sunglasses during that time of day when they go outside, and you will negate all of these things. And then you'll start to have reverse issues like reduced energy production, poor carbohydrate metabolism, weight gain, fatigue, sleep issues, because your melatonin cortisol cycles will be all messed up. Um, so... When you're in sunlight, okay, and your circadian biology is going to be more on point, you're going to have hormones released at the appropriate time. Your healing cycle is not going to be interrupted. It's going to be, you know, on point for when sunset happens. Melatonin is going to be signaled to be released. Remember, you build melatonin in UVA light, you build up your stores. Everyone's, hey, melatonin, nighttime hormone. Of course, it's released during the night, right? Three to four hours after sunset, here comes melatonin. But you rebuild your stores, not by a supplement but by being in UVA sunlight. And right now, this time of year, there's a lot of UVA sunlight and there'll be more and more as we get into you know, summer. But there's a lot right now, especially in most northerly places um, in the Northern hemisphere, because UVB isn't here yet. So it's predominantly UVA. It's helping you replenish your, your melatonin cycle uh, stores. So what's another cause of circadian mismatch? Well we know not going out in sunlight and you know what kind of goes hand in hand with this is living an indoor lifestyle, looking at a screen. Um, again, you know, I do a lot of my work online, I record this podcast online. My screen is completely red. Uh, completely red. So um, I'm protecting my circadian biology, while I am, you know, able to do my work. So it's not like, hey, you have to live outside under a tree in a cave, if you want to go for it. But um, there are ways to protect yourself. And still, you know, do your work, go online, look some, you know, whatever that may be. So we need to know how to navigate all of these areas to have solid circadian biology. And don't forget about the light bulbs in your house because this has just become almost like a a reflex. You know, you go, it's nighttime, you just uh, flip a switch, right? So, um, fine, but make sure the light bulbs that you have are appropriate and supporting your circadian biology. LED lights, are not on that list. The standard LED lights are not on that list. Um, learn how to turn your screen red. Learn how to turn your iPhone red, right? Um, learn how what light bulbs to use during the day versus what light bulbs to use when the sun sets. All of this um, I, I told you in the beginning here, this is like, you have to work harder to not get in the move towards a state of circadian mismatch, because they'll set you up quite nicely to move right into that state of circadian mismatch. They have no problem with it. In fact, they want you in there, they can control you more, you're sicker, etc. So um, you really have to make a, a cognizant effort to, hey, okay, um, I'm not going to use LEDs at night. I'm going to use red. I'm going to use amber. I'm not going to use LEDs during the day. I'm going to use incandescent, right? So, um, I'm going to learn how to turn my screen red. All of these things will support your circadian biology and really prevent chronic disease because if your circadian biology is on point, you will a hundred percent prevent chronic disease. So, You know, we spend a lot of money and time on diet and supplements and not that those things don't have a place, but they're not the powerhouse that runs our physiology. They're supporters, they're support systems. So, um, let's see. Um, now if you're just listening to this and you're like, um, this is my first time hearing this or something and you was like, oh, I better get on point with this. I'm I'm really getting it now. A great place to start is to go to my site, go to the resources tab and get a copy of the Sunlight Rx because this teaches you how to use the sun in chronological order. Um, Because each color temperature influences your physiology in a unique way. Sunrise is a different color temperature than you know, solar noon. Sunset's a different color temperature than 10 a.m., right? But we need to know what happens in in each of these cycles um, because our physiology and our our circadian biology functions optimally when we're out in sunlight in its chronological order of these color spectrums. So, um, you know, I'll give you a little insight here and a few tips. Now, sunrise, there's blue and red, as I mentioned, Okay, the signals to your circadian biology release cortisol pause melatonin it's no longer time to release melatonin here's blue light it's time to get up in mice and rats, this is completely opposite as soon as they see blue light they go night night they go to bed right and. um, As soon as dark time dark comes they're up they get the reverse signal nocturnal animals have a reverse signal. So we're diurnal animals, we need to be up during the day, and we need to be sleeping during the night. And I guess this is a really good time to say, if you're a night shift worker, I'm concerned. And I have had several people over the years say, hey, Heather, what can I do for my circadian biology? I'm concerned because I'm a night shift worker. And honestly, I had to be really honest with them in, I hope they took it in a a loving way, but I said, I honestly can't work with you until you change your profession because you're going against nature. This is a a completely reverse of what nature has set you up to how to operate and function physiologically, biologically. And if you go against that, there's nothing that can help you until you quit that job and get a different job. So um, and I know that if somebody's a night shift worker, they might hear that and be like, ah, oh, like F you Heather, you know I, I get that, but it's I'm just speaking in terms of nature and how the body functions most optimally. So anyway, I wanted to mention that. Now later in the day after sunrise, UVA light comes in, And if you have prepped your cells and your eyes and your gene clocks with sunrise light, guess what? When UVA light shows up, that's when you pump out dopamine, serotonin, T3, melatonin, um, et cetera. And huge. How many people are on Synthroid? How many people are on an antidepressant or just feel depressed a lot of the time? UVA light is every therapist, psychologist, anybody in the mental health world, anybody um, in the cancer healing world needs to teach their patients, clients, people, the sunlight RX, because we need to get the body producing these chemicals naturally. This is real preventative medicine here. So later in the day, then we have UVB light show up. And then if you've prepped your skin with morning light and UVA, you won't burn UV, UVB and your, your metabolism will be flawless. Your hormones, UVB is really huge for hormone health and supporting hormone health. I have people ask me all the time, Hey, Heather, how do I rebuild my hormones after um, breast cancer surgery, right? Um, all the time. I don't want to take the medication it's messing with me it's causing me to have bone pain it's causing me to have stomach issues, what do I do well there's a lot, you can do, but the first thing you can do. Stop taking the medication they told you I didn't say that and and do the practice the sunlight rx just start there. So um. Now, of course, if you rarely go outside, then you're not going to reap the benefits of all these, this, this free medicine. It's literally free. You go outside, it's free medicine. You get the Sunlight Rx, it's literally what, 20 bucks. There you go. And you have free medicine for the rest of your life when you know how to use the sun in a therapeutic way. So, I know that I've taken some time here to go over these initial. Um, I know these are more well-known causes of circadian mismatch, like if you're glued to your phone or computer, or you don't go outside, right? Because your phone and your computer, they're blue light dominant. So when you look at that light, you're going to eventually flatline your cortisol levels. You're never going to replenish your melatonin levels, um, and it's gonna be a train wreck for your hormones and your metabolism. There's literally been studies with people who look at blue light all day or for a majority of the day, um, go into a type two diabetes situation. They, they go into that issue just by looking at blue light. So, um, and, and here's another thing, this is really interesting. For people who get cataract surgery, it completely blocks UV light from entering the eye. The very light that rules your metabolism and your ability to process carbs and uh, um, natural sugars. Guess what? People who have cataract surgery, it's almost guaranteed that they'll develop type two diabetes. Do you think the ophthalmologist would put these two things together? And say, hey, maybe I can have a better, you know, solution for cataracts. I know the better solution. It's homeopathy and the sunlight RX. But, you know, they're not going to tell you that. They're going to want you to go in there and put shots in your eyes and you're going to be in the system forever. And, you know, if you've had cataract surgery, get outside in sunlight as much as you can and let let your skin be the solar panel um and hopefully eventually the cataract will will wear off the surgery often people have to go in and have it done again and again and hopefully over time it'll wear off and you don't have to go in and do it again so um this right here this is why the sunlight diet isn't just about food you're not going to go in there and get oh here's what to eat you you're going to get that but you're not it's not going to be just that because light rules our metabolism and light rules our physiology, light grows our food. And so you bet that if we eat that food, you know, like, let's say you live in, I live in New Mexico, let's say, if I eat food from, you know, flown in from Africa, um, and it's wintertime, especially, you're going to set the stage for circadian mismatch. We don't think in these ways, right? We were not programmed to think in these ways. We're programmed to think Africa, bananas, tropical fruits, amazing. Wow, this is so cool. It's in my grocery store, right? That's what we're taught to think. It'll mess you up. It'll mess up your gut clocks, your gut brain access. So what people know, what they know most about circadian mismatch is it's caused by everything I've just shared here. Poor, a poor light environment, sunglasses, blue light exposure after sunset, not going outside, not practicing the sunlight or acts in chronological order. Now, what are some of the most aggressive? We're gonna get into the to the lesser known causes here. What are some of the most aggressive Harder to reverse damages uh, and causes of circadian mismatch that people aren't talking about. These are the things, these are the factors that are time bombs to your circadian biology. Okay, yes, your light environment is a million percent important. Okay, this is easy to change. Just change out your light bulbs, get your sunlight RX on. These are easy to change and they're quick improvements. They're they're quick things that you can do to, to notice improvements, to get, to improve the state of your circadian biology. But many people do all of the quote unquote proper light things, the proper light hygiene practices, right? And still struggle with a chronic or nagging condition. And they're pissed off they're mad i do all the right things i'm outside at sunrise i'm in the sun for this amount of time i don't have artificial light in my house i don't use wi-fi in my home right because why is this happening then because if this were the whole you know if this whole thing if the circadian mismatch was just caused by this people should be better, 100% better after doing that, right? But they're not, why? Because the big gun circadian disruptors that haven't been removed, what are those? Well, let's start with antibiotics, okay? They destroy the gut clocks, they literally go in They destroy your gut microbiome. Sure, people say, oh, just take a probiotic after the antibiotic round. Um, I'm going to stop you right there. It's not a good idea. It's not going to be helpful. If you want to restore your gut after antibiotics, if you have to get on them for some reason, and I know once in a blue moon that can happen, Okay, So um, do the sunlight RX. Eat uh, eat the sunlight diet and do some homeopathy. And this will restore your gut microbiome much better. And your gut clocks much better than a probiotic supplement in a GAPS diet. But antibiotics, how many people have had them? I'm going to guarantee maybe one listener has it. I know one person, let's see, no, wait. I know one person two people, three people, four people, three of which I'm related to, who have not had antibiotics in their life. That's not that many people. And three of them are under the age of 10. (laughs) So that's not that many people. Most people have had antibiotics. I once had a client who had 80 plus rounds of antibiotics. The doctor who administered that should freaking have his license taken away. That is insane. And this person is now in a chronic autoimmune condition state and cancer. Absolute insanity. So antibiotics destroy the gut clocks. I don't care if you took them when you were two and you're now 40, or you took them when you were 10 and you're now 20. It doesn't matter when you took these. Okay. Um, And I'm going to talk about this here, how, when we get to this breaking point with regard to the, to the circadian biology. So, you know, one round of antibiotics might not take out your circadian biology. Your gut may be strong. Okay. And it may be able to recover. You have one round of antibiotics. You feel like crap for a little while afterwards, but then, you know, you recover. You don't have any side effects. However, Everyone has a tipping point, and that tipping point depends on when your circadian biology gets in a mismatch situation, when it can no longer recover. So, this tipping point depends on your constitution. Are you a strong constitution? Were your parents drug addicts? Were your parents alcoholics? Did your parents use a lot of um, uh, medications? How strong is your constitution? Uh, your genetic predisposition? What, what does that look like? Um, how many suppressive therapies have you had over the course of your life? How many of your parents had? So all influences when you, uh, well, what your tipping point is. Okay, these are all going to influence that. Now, if you continue to rely on antibiotics, you'll eventually reach a point where you'll come up against that tipping point. You'll you'll walk the edge there and then you'll notice a shift in your health. Let's see, I'm not sure if I can, my tipping point was early in life. They pumped me full. I had a full-on fever. I think it was scarlet fever. I was full on, they couldn't get it down. I was just like, oh, mom, I wish you you guys knew homeopathy or how to reduce a fever, because that it messed me up something good, you know? Because these are the things that happened, even though when I was what? I think I was three, four, had scarlet fever. I mean, 104, 105 for days, wouldn't go down. Even the antibiotics wouldn't get it down. But then, oh, finally the antibiotics worked and got it down. Guess what? Guess who had wicked acne after that for the rest of her teenage life and constipation? This person right here. Yeah, that's why. Guess who, you know? And so then these things add up in life. So like for me, I had that experience with early in life, high, high fever, suppress, suppress, suppress. My body was trying so hard not to take those antibiotics. It was like reject, reject, reject. And then finally it got to its tipping point and it was like, okay, then that affected my gut microbiome. It affected my metabolic health and it affected, uh, my, my longevity for sure. I'm trying to undo that damage still today. And so then you see all these other issues come up. Like you have the antibiotics and you have this, you know, scarlet fever or whatever. Maybe you had ear infections or strep throat, whatever it may be. And then later on, what happens? Oh, you have acne. Oh, that, that, that's not related to the antibiotic situation. Couldn't never be. And then after the acne, they give you some antibiotic cream to put on it. And so then you get another stressor in your life and then you have anxiety. You see this progression, how the pathology deepens over time. This is my pathology. Getting real with you today. (laughs) Deepens over time. Scarlet fever suppressed. Then I had a a boatload of uh, strep throat infections, all suppressed. Acne, let's suppress that too. So you see now this acne and the strep throat, all this is in the upper region of my body. It's on the menta, it's in the brain, near, very close to the brain. Uh, acne on the face suppress that you suppress anything in the on the face region uh, acne um, allergies runny nose itchy eyes you suppress that your body gets to a tipping point guess what's going to happen you're going to be lethargic and or depressed or have anxiety maybe you'll go into OCD or maybe you'll go into panic uh, um, phobias These things don't just happen. So one round of antibiotics might not be that big of a deal, okay? But you reach your tipping point, your gut clocks, and guess what? Your mitochondria are a type of bacteria. So when you take antibiotics, not only do your gut bacteria get wiped out, but so do all the gene clocks in your mitochondria as well. So, um, when you reach this tipping point, and anybody who's on medication or has taken medication throughout the course of their life will, you're going to notice a shift. And that shift may not be seen the next day. It may be seen in a week. It may be seen in six months. It may be seen in a year. But you're going to notice a shift in your health, energy levels, mood, gut function, your skin. And this is a sign that you've reached your limit. You've reached your tipping point that your circadian biology has taken a hit. And um, the body has reached its limit. And then we get the deeper pathology, okay? Yeah, we had eczema. Maybe a baby has eczema. You suppress that. You're on an adventure now for the rest of your life trying to, you know, you just move that child into a more suppressive state. So, um, antibiotics affect your mitochondria, your gut genes, your immune system clocks. The gut is lined. The immune system lines the gut, right? The galt. Take antibiotics. you, you, You just destroy your immune system clocks, your gut clocks, your mitochondria clocks. It's like, this is not just a benign thing, but doctors prescribe it like it is. The only um, time you should take antibiotics, it's if it's a a dire emergency and you don't have access to something else or that something else that's more natural, but be it homeopathy or herbs or enemas or whatever isn't working and you're going to die. Okay. Right. It's We rely way too heavily on antibiotics, anti-BO, anti-life, right? And that's what it does. That's exactly what it does. So this is a huge cause of circadian mismatch. And it doesn't matter if you had it as a four-year-old in the hospital, and now you're 60 or 40 or 70 or 30. It doesn't matter when. As long as your body has, has reached that tipping point, that effect on your circadian biology is cemented in until you start to chisel it out and I'll talk about that. So these are the big guns, the light environment, the diet, that's easy stuff, but it can't touch on these aspects of your circadian biology. I wish it could, it's just not powerful enough. These medications, the suppressive drugs, the vaccines, the antibiotics, the steroids, those are heavy hitters, and they're heavy hitters on your circadian biology, and the sunlight RX is a really good idea. But for somebody who's met their tipping point, and they used birth control their whole entire life, will it rectify the hormone health, uh, you know, 100%? It's unlikely. Maybe 50%, though. Maybe 60%. And, you know, maybe higher, but it doesn't mean don't do the sunlight or X and sit inside and like, you know, stream Netflix all day. Not at all, right? We need to have some foundational things. I always talk about laying a solid foundation and you lay a solid foundation, one, as a parent, and you are able to, you know, not give antibiotics, um, to your kids not give vaccines. You know, you can make these choices. And um, that is some, sorry, somebody just, I thought knocked on my door, so I was keeping my ear out for that. Um, but, you know, and if you've made these these decisions already as parents, it's okay. You don't know until you know something and then you can start to work on it and and reverse things. So these suppressive are suppressives are the big guns, the antibiotics, the vaccines, the steroid drugs, they're going to, they're, I don't mean to be a downer, but we have to be realistic about what's going on, especially for the people who do all the right things with white. And they're like, what the heck? I am doing everything accurately here. I'm doing everything I possibly can, everything they're telling me. And I'm still in a funk. I'm still in this place, right? It's because these suppressives will crush your circadian biology. Now, people with chronic conditions or mental-emotional struggles, panic disorders, suicidal depression, OCD, you know, deep depression, okay, you know, like I said, these are the type of people who, when you do all the right things, the sunlight, uh, cut artificial light, right, and they're, they're still, you do all these things and there's still something lingering there, right? So um, as I mentioned, these practices are foundational. 100% do them because they're going to help. The light mitigation, the sunlight Rx, the seasonal eating, the sunlight diet, right? So if you're someone who struggles with a chronic condition or um, maybe you just literally haven't seen the progress you wanted with all the light hacks, right? um, take a look at the suppressives you've had throughout your life. And, you know, a lot of people tend to play these out. Oh, yeah, I've had, I had antibiotics a few times, or I was in the military and had some vaccines. And, and then they quickly go back to, oh, but you know, what diet should I eat? It's like, no, we need to focus on this. These are the big hitters here. So, um, so, Let's let's see. We got to talk about what to do with this, I guess, huh? We got well, now. Now, what do we do, right? So, what's really at the heart of circadian mismatch? Okay, are the suppressives? Let's say you've had no suppressives in your life, and you're exposed to crap light. You know, junk light. They call it. Um the effects of that will likely take take longer to set in if you haven't had suppressive therapies not that i am encouraging that one bit right but in, the more suppressives you've had the easier it is for you to get into a mismatch state with your environment so um these suppressives are literally 10,000 times stronger have a 10,000 times stronger impact on your circadian biology um, and that's a number that I just made up <laughs> so but what I want the, the point I want to get across is that it's huge with regard to your circadian biology. So um okay, what do I recommend? Number one, lay a solid foundation for your circadian biology, right your sunlight RX, your healthy indoor lighting practices. Uh, healthy seasonal diet lots of animal protein and seasonal diet okay the sunlight diet and um, I lay all of these things out in the sunlight diet okay then how do we address these heavy hitters now if you've been listening to me for a while you've guessed it it's homeopathy now Why? This is where it gets interesting. At least for me, I'm like, dude, that's fascinating, right? Like, how? How does homeopathy change this picture? How does it bring your body out of a mismatched state, you know, as a result of these suppressives? Now, I also want to mention, I'm just going to pop this in here right here, is that let's say you've had some sort of trauma in your life sexual abuse that was you know your body can't shake it uh, a car accident uh on uh injury um a big grief right a bad breakup a, a horrific divorce these things also affect your circadian biology they can freeze your your system right so don't i don't want to negate that because the emotions and trauma typically aren't talked about in the hacking world. Jack Crew is going to talk about trauma, I, you know, he's going to talk about feelings, right? So we have to keep that in mind as well. That's something that you struggle with. If you can't get angry at your mother for treating you like crap, if you keep it all inside and you're sweet and gentle, that's has an impact on your circadian biology. Okay, that's for a different topic, but I wanted to mention that. So... Let's talk about homeopathy and how it helps pull you out of, and this is gradually. It's not like you take a remedy and the next day, it's like you're out you're a circadian mismatch and it's like, boom, like life's, life is good. Life's amazing, right? It takes time. It takes time, right? But let's talk about how homeopathy helps. So homeopathy changes. All you mitochondriacs are going to love this one homeopathy changes the quantum spin rate of each electron of your electrons and the molecules on the subatomic level. And if you're like, what? You can Google the spin of electrons and the proof for the action of homeopathic remedies study. Go for it. Read about it. Boom. It's there. Um, So, and one of the greatest homeopaths of all time was, um, headed this study. So it's, it's solid, but there are other studies out there like that as well. You can, you can look at there. There's other people out there there's a lot of people doing studies on, um, how homeopathy affects electrons, how it affects the quantum spin rate, how it affects your mitochondria. It's solid. There's a lot of solidarity out there for it. So, um, now, suppressives, the suppressive drugs, cause the spin rate of your electrons to either stop or, hey, the, the cells just die. The mitochondria dies. Or they spin in a disordered, in a chaotic way. And this is confusing to the body. And this is how we get into circadian mismatch. Chaos, confusion, the things are not, um, uh, the electrons are not spinning in an optimal way. So homeopathy has the ability to remove the damage caused by suppressives. Okay. Now, um, I want to mention this, that every disturbance the organism receives, okay. The antibiotic, the grief, right. Um, the the fall, you know, you're hiking, you fall, you break your ankle, you know, whatever, is, you know, every disturbance the organism res- receives changes the spin of your electrons. And let's say you have an injury on one specific area, it will change that the spin of electrons in that specific area more so than other parts of the body in, very often. Let's say like in my case, I had a TBI, hit my head in the car, passed out, well, the spin rate in my brain went off, <laughs> so um, the pathology was centered there. Homeopathy is astounding for um, for helping me heal my brain. I should mention that. So the sunlight RX got me big progress. Then I got to that you know apex and that plateau, and then homeopathy was like, whoa, it's it's good, it's, it's powerful medicine. So um every disturbance whether it's a suppressive or a grief or a fall doesn't matter it it, it can change the spin rate of your electrons now some people they can bounce back right they didn't reach their tipping point they the the body got a little chaotic for a little bit melatonin went in did its healing and the body bounced back right now um it doesn't happen in all cases. Once you meet meet your tipping point or if the injury is significant enough, then the disturbance will change chronically the spin rate of the electrons in the area, in the body, et cetera. Just like, <clears throat> excuse me, when you take the antibiotics, yeah, first round, no problem, bounce back. Second round, no problem. Third round, ooh, you know, here comes the constipation. Here comes the aggression or the depression spin rate, guess why, spin rate of the electrons changed from the antibiotics. So um, we can address this using homeopathy. We can change the spin of the electrons that has become chaotic due to the suppressive therapies. Now, another reason why homeopathy is so effective at rectifying uh, or improving root causes of disease and circadian mismatch is because you prescribe a remedy that matches the current vibration or field force for excuse me force field of the organism I told you we're getting quantum today so well, let me say that again, because some of you may be lost out to lunch, with what is going on right now? Spin rate, electrons. So, um, you can rectify root causes of disease and circadian mismatch. Using homeopathy. Now you have to prescribe correctly. That's the key. You can't just fucking give a remedy and be like, Hey, there it goes. Spin rate right back. We're going to get this one. Right. So, Um, you prescribe a correct remedy and that remedy has to match the current force field of the organism. Let me give you an example. So if someone comes in, um, into my practice and they're pissed off or they're irritable and, um, they're they're mad because they do all the right things for their circadian biology and the light and I have a lot of these type of people, right? Heather, I've done this, I've done that, I've done jack cruises, this and that, and I've improved my light environment. It's helped me a lot, but I still have you know XYZ. So um this is where we need to consider the heavy hitters, right? And this is where Um, like, let's just say, let let me get a clear example for you guys. Somebody comes in with a, uh, uh, aggravation by the sun. And a lot of people like, I I don't, I feel like embarrassed to tell you this, but I have an aggravation by the sun. It's like, it's okay. Some people do because, you know, other mitochondria people that, what are they going to tell you? They're going to say, well, you just have a sunlight deficiency or, and, and you need to get more sun or, you know, that's not always the case. Or your redox is low, so boost your redox and and then your sun sensitivity will improve. Not always so. Now, if you take that person for some reason, something they've experienced, whether an emotional stress or a stressor from a suppressive has caused their organism to vibrate their force field, they, they cannot, they don't do well in the sun, right? You have to match the remedy. You take the homeopathic remedy, which remedies don't do well in the sun? You have to match the vibration of the remedy with, with the vibration of the patient when they show up in your office. And that's how you improve the condition. That's how you begin to remove root causes of this circadian mismatch, of the suppressives. So, um, quantum physics for years and years has demonstrated that everything has a force field. And that force field is going to emanate, it's going to be created based on, well, the type of things you put in your body right? The suppressives, when, what tipping point did you get to? And and what are those symptoms of that tipping point? What are your thoughts? Um, what you put into your body, what your emotional experiences are, all of this is going to influence what makes up your force field. What's in the person's field, right? So a strong force field keeps negative shit out. So if something dangerous happens to, uh, like let's say the gut, you eat something bad and um, it has some kind of bacteria on it that can be problematic, or you have are exposed to a germ or you know something like that, a strong force field will be able to have take that organism, take that germ, take that bacteria, that toxin, whatever, and. Your, your field will be strong enough to have a few symptoms, maybe no symptoms, and it'll be able to basically repel that, um, organism, whatever it may be. It may it'll be able to repel that negative, um, substance and it'll be able to rebalance pretty quickly without any chronic change in the force field. Now, when the field begins to change, you feel it. Suddenly you're like, I feel anxious. Why am I feeling anxious? I I wasn't anxious before. I've never been anxious before. Or you, you start to have pain. Why I didn't always have pain? Where did that come from? Or your menses stopped. Wait a minute, why did this happen, right? You used to have your menses. So, When the force field changes, it weakens, and you know, weakens when we take suppressives, when we have an intense emotional experience, maybe a parent dies, you have a bad breakup, a bad divorce, right? So homeopathy has the ability to repair this force field and the damage caused by it. To it, it can strengthen the force field, but in order for this to happen. As a homeopathic practitioner, you have to match the vibrational frequency of the person's force field with the remedy. And meaning you need to find a remedy that matches the patient's vibration. And um, there are are thousands of homeopathic remedies to choose from. So, you have to know what you're doing. This is also a reason why I am not a fan of combination remedies. You're not going to improve the force field at all. You're not, it, it cannot. Combination remedies have so many different substances vibrating at, in different ways and levels and frequencies the person takes that and it's almost chaotic to the organism this is what i was talking about in the Unda number um episode most people feel anxious uh, jittery they they after taking the Unda numbers for so long this is one reason why it's too confusing to the force field so you need to find a remedy to, that matches the patient's vibrational force field and this is this is the power, the efficacy of light cures light. So if someone comes into my practice, let's say they, they have rage, they're irritable, they're, they have constant urge for stool, but nothing comes out and they need stimulants to function. And they're like this type A personality. I wanna find a remedy that matches that vibration, that force field, because this is what is, this is what's in the patient's force field. And something caused this, suppressives, likely, definitely on the list. Emotional experiences, also, probably definitely on the list as well. And we need to match the remedy with the person's unique energy expression and symptoms. So, if you're someone who's, you know, thinking, um, well... I've tried all the Jack Cruz mito things and to support my health and you've made some progress, but not, a, not the full Monty that you're, you're striving for homeopathy could be your biggest ally to help you make these deeper shifts. And one main reason homeopathy is capable of this. And I should say when you prescribe correctly, when you take the correct remedy that matches your force field, It's because it changes the force field and the electron spin rate and resets the spin rate. Homeopathy is literally, um, I don't know another practice that can do this. Maybe it's out there. If it is, I would recommend that as well. I don't know what that is right now. Um, I don't know of it. I don't know if it exists. Maybe it does. Maybe it will in the future. But right now, what I know is this medicine is very capable and powerful at starting to rectify these deeper root causes of circadian mismatch that don't, especially don't respond 100% to sunlight, to diet, to shifting the light environment. And honestly, most people's health is so compromised today from years of suppressives that it's, it's rare. It's rare to get full cures with diet and sunlight and light indoor lighting practices alone. They need to be your foundation. Those things are your foundation. And then you bring homeopathy and put on top of that. And you have this full picture. Of course, I'm a big fan of mental health and movement and exercise as well. Right, I don't want to exclude those things, and maybe you have something that you really love that's important to you—journaling, saying, you know, what may, what, whatever it may be. Those things are all important. So, don't curse the mito world just yet if you're not where you want to be um, with your health after doing all the mito hacks from here to, you know, and <laughs> beyond. Homeopathy could be an effective long-term solution. To your circadian mismatch struggles. That was a big episode. I'll see you guys next week. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. To learn more about my approach to health, to see all of my creations in the kitchen and all of my sunlight rx tips. You can follow me on the gram at sunlight underscore rx and subscribe to this podcast to access weekly episodes.